Hello, everyone. Today, I am honored to sit down with Ms. Randicia Fletcher and Mr. Herman Harris Jr. of Harris Fletcher Enterprises to learn more about the Urban Forest Project. This is a good day and this is going to be a good episode. So let's just dive right on in with introductions. Go ahead and uh, introduce yourself to the listeners. Oh, my name is Randicia Fletcher. And um, I'm originally from Los Angeles, California. I hold a degree in creative writing and anthropology from the University of Arizona and a master's degree in secondary um, um, education from the University of Phoenix. Started on my doctorate, have not completed it in sustainability education. Um, I grew up um, on Skid Row in Los Angeles. So a lot of the um, challenges that I had in life had to do um, with financial insecurities, food insecurities, and housing insecurity. So um, that's what brings us to our topic today. And my name is Herman Harris Jr. Um, I am from Chester, Pennsylvania. Um, my educational background, I have an associate's uh, in network administration. Um, my professional uh, background, I'm a 10-year military uh, veteran. I uh, served one tour overseas in Iraq and Kuwait. I'm currently working uh, at the VA hospital um, in the laundry position. And, uh, and then also I am the, one of the co-owners of the Harris Fletcher Enterprise um, and also co-creator of the Urban Forest Project. I never say that I'm in the military. I don't know why I ever, I just, <laughs> I'm retired, disabled veteran in the Marine Corps. It always goes right over my head. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so first I would just like to thank you for your service. My dad is also a veteran too. I forgot to mention that earlier. So right. that's exactly why I didn't call him in here. <laughs> <laughs> we be having a good old time. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll forget to do the episode. Um, <laughs> but one thing that's always interesting to me is people's backgrounds because it tells a lot about a person. And my my view on my connection to agriculture is definitely not, I don't think it's traditional. Um, so I just wanted to to learn a little more about your connection to, to agriculture. Of course, food, we all need food. So we all have a connection with that. Um, so I just wanted to dive a little bit more into that. Okay, well, I can start. So living on Skid Row, you know, you hear those cliche terms of concrete jungle and a jungle is lush and is full of everything and is full of life. But when you talk about concrete jungles, there's nothing there but concrete. And so um, you can look at Skid Row from 19, the early 1980s and you can look at it today and it looks exactly the same to me. And so what we would do, we would go to Pershing Square Park downtown Los Angeles and that was our park. And it had a little bit of grass there. It had some fountains. And we would get into the fountains to collect the coins. And we could collect about a dollar. And then we'll go down to the Grand Central Market. And at Grand Central Market, it's this marketplace. And if you look at the, the marketplaces down in Mexico and down in Argentina, these lush marketplaces with meat and produce. And it had all these things. But, you know, we didn't really have a place to cook. So we can go down to... Um, Grand Central Market, and we could buy uh, a three-day-old pie and a little bit of something for five of us to eat. So I saw agriculture in the market, and I was able to spend some time in a park, the Persian Square, and be in the fountain and collect the coins. But that was that's all that I had. 
And so there was no nothing. There was nothing available for us to to survive off of unless my mom stole it or if we collected those coins out of that fountain. Yeah. Um, and so my introduction to agriculture was mainly mainly through my wife. Um, I unlike her, I mean, like her, um, you know, we had had a rough childhood. Um, we suffered through uh, some domestic violence in the home at a young age. Um, spent some time in a, in a women's shelter and things like that. So experienced a little bit of homelessness and, and displacement um, and dealt with a lot of the same things. You know, it's a struggle for food. It's a struggle for um, utilities. It's a struggle to get back and forth to where you need to go as far as education or um, all of those things. Um, and then so as you grow older, that sort of becomes your norm, your normal. Um, and then Thank God when I met my wife, she was uh, into a different type of um, uh, hospitality work. Um, and then so uh, the culture that we mainly deal with or a, a good portion of the culture that we deal with, their culture deals a lot with agriculture and growing your own stuff and sustaining yourself. And so uh, she was always a part of that as far as, uh, you know, you talk about natural healing, eating healthy being mindful of what you put in your body, not a lot of processed stuff. And then so um, I had a health scare last year. And so we literally transitioned to an entire entire plant-based diet. And from there, uh, we just sort of nosedived into the whole agriculture. We got to be sustainable. We got to grow. We got to understand what we put in our body. And so it, it, that was my personal introduction to agriculture. And I'm going to say that. Um, I didn't grow up with my biological father. And funny enough, when I started hanging out with him, at, when I became an adult, um, he's a grower. He grows in his backyard, you know, a backyard grower, his okra, his tomatoes, um, his collards. And I'm, I need to send him some seeds today. Um, he grew everything in the backyard. And so it fascinated me to grow even before knowing, knowing him, I, I, knew I needed to grow things and I wasn't being very successful. So it's been a journey, um, uh, a process, you know, it's the anthropology of learning how to grow here in the desert, particularly it's dry, it's hot out there. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, it, it hadn't rained in years. We hadn't had substantial rain. I'm looking at you guys back East and you're getting 10 inches in some place of the day. We got 10 inches <laughs> in one year for the first time Never. and more yeah. of, yeah. And first time ever, it's like record breaking rain, 10 inches of rain here. That's record breaking. So it's hot and people can't grow here. And we're teaching people how to grow. I literally go into the dry wash rivers here, dig up the sand and carry them out the banks with trash bags of sand just to condition my soil. So it was a learning process. And I know that we needed to we need to eat better. And I know that we're not going to have all these issues of the mess that we find in our foods if it grew right out there on that farm. Mm -hmm. That is true. Spoke nothing but facts, honestly. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, and this is, this is great for people who, who may not necessarily have a connection to the growing aspect of ag or are interested in learning uh, ways to grow for themselves. And maybe some people that are out there where you are too, that may be struggling too. So Thank you for sharing that. Um, so a lot of your background seems to me really goes 
it ties right in with the urban food uh, FARC project. Mm -hmm. um, so can you explain a little more about that? Because you spoke about food apartheid, and I know that's a part of your mission too. And, and one of the major things is trans transportation, main barriers is transportation and, and having mm -hmm. access. So can you can you talk a little bit more about that project and, and what you're currently doing right now? Yes. So um, like I said, we were out going to buy fig trees right now. Mm -hmm. And we know that fig trees produce like an amazing amount of fruit and you can do so much with figs you can can it teaching people how to can is so important we need to get back to canning mm -hmm. but you can it stuff and save it and preserve it but we created this food forest for people who are um suffering with food apartheid and you know food justice is so important mm -hmm. so if you have just a little bit of money and then some of the people we deal with are asylum seekers where they qualify for no benefits and then, you know, if you don't have money to go across the street to the grocery store to purchase food, how come we can't grow it right there in front of us? Mm -hmm. You know, we're watching, we're looking at just like going to Grand Central Market, we have coins from the fountain, but we have no, no ability to purchase that because that, that would take up all of our money. So we want to, we wanted to, one, um, create a sustainable housing complex for um, the people who live there, people who are suffering with um, housing insecurity. Mm -hmm. Two, we wanted to provide um, energy um, efficient housing to address the climate change one and the urban heat, the heat island effect. And so we wanted to make sure that we're planting trees to cool it down in those areas. Two, they could eat from those, those trees. Three, they could save money from eating off of those trees. And then they don't have to get in their car, get on their bike, um, and travel somewhere in the hot sun, they could be right there on property. So we got the 10 inches of rain this year. And so um, amaranth is growing everywhere out here and it's a green. And so it's growing up in the yard over there. And so just teaching, hey, look, you don't even have to go over there. Look, the amaranth, you could cut the leaves, you could dry the seeds. And there's um, prickly pear cactus over there with some big fat purple fruit over there. We cut the fruit up, preserve and can the fruit. You can do that. Um, there's um, um, purslane growing and it's a little thing on the ground that you step on and most people will get their little weed killer and kill it. But you know, you, you pick that purslane up, you have the cactus over there. You can eat the, the cactus fruit and the cactus um, plates. You can eat those, cut them up. You got, you got dinner over there and we can live off of what we have growing in our yards and we think that we're, those are weeds. Let me get rid of those weeds. No, that's food and it's healthy food. And just as a quick note that we went to a restaurant recently to eat because we had left the chiropractor, went to a restaurant and it costs more to buy a, um, a vegan, veggie, a plant-based plant plate than it did to buy a meat-based plant. And I'm thinking, this is crazy. <laughs> And people are capitalizing off of the fact of poor people just profiting off of poverty. And I always talk about that. And the fact that you got to pay more for things that are not processed is ridiculous. That's why we need to teach how to plant in the ground, on the patio, and in, in, and in patio ponds or little ponds. So I have one of the little blue swimming pools out there that I grow food in. So, and people are like, they think I was crazy for growing stuff in the swimming pool. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I've been called all kind of Kool-Aid kids with the swimming pool. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah this, uh, this 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 project was was always 
you know, was always in our hearts. Um, you know, we always wanted to provide a, a more affordable place for people like us who struggled and, and, and had a rough upbringing, um, who weren't good with money, who didn't have access to food and all the things that we're talking about, we want to produce. Um, it was always in our hearts. And the, uh, one of the major things we lacked was, was the funding and the capital behind it. Um, and, you know, once we got in a, a, a place where we had the ability to pay for our idea, um, we were blessed to hook up with uh, Local First Arizona. Uh, and we took a scale up class and then that's how we went through the Green Leaders class. And those two classes alone um, really, really gave a lot of breath and a, and a lot of ideas um, and a huge, huge push um, for this particular project alone. Um, and so, yeah, we, you know, we were providing the groundwork uh, and the muscle and the manpower but man, behind the scenes, um, Local First Arizona was a huge, huge success. And I just wanted to make sure that, um, you know, we, we acknowledge them uh, for their part in this particular project. And I was gonna say that people of color, you know, having capital up front is a challenge. We're not left with, with inheritance a lot of times. There's no legacy left for us and by us being you know, growing up challenged the way that we grew up. Our, our parents don't have anything, you know? And so Herman, even with his, his illness, got up and he, um, sometimes he'd be off work for two months and then go back and back on for two months. But that paycheck, half of that paycheck went, no, he, he'd say less than half. So half, no, less more, than, more, more than half of the paycheck <laughs> were going to the 90% business 90% of the paycheck is going towards the business. Going into the business account. Yeah. And then 10% is coming to pay for, pay for home. Mm-hmm. And so that's a challenge for people of color in order to develop businesses. And, but our heart is in this and no one is like, let me, let me dip some money. No, no one's doing that. And so all of the, um, so I'm an artist too. I don't know if you looked that up. And all of the painting and artwork and the shows that I do and the um, classes that I teach, all of that benefits the Urban Forest Project. Yeah. So when people support and purchase a painting, purchase some artwork, um, purchase a class. Take yoga classes. They take yoga classes, yeah. whatever, you know, all of that supports the people that live over there at the Urban Forest Project. Yeah. And we're not even pulling a paycheck. And yes, we would like to be able to, not, Herman, not have to go to the laundry place. You know, it, it'd be good. One day when we get to a, a financial position to, to support ourselves off of the business. But right now mm-hmm. we're supporting the people over there. We're growing. We're reducing the heat island effect. We reduced our energy by 35% in less than one year. 35%. We retrofitted the house with energy efficient windows, curtains, water sinks, toilets, aerators for the sink, um, showers. We did that. And we did it from our pocket. Yeah. And and so as, as we progress, the, the final vision for this particular project is for it to be uh, what we would call a living laboratory to where we can teach people if you have this much area and, you know, just a, just a, a little bit of, of um, just a little bit of fortitude um, and, and, and some willpower, uh, you, can, you, can, you can do this as well. It's not difficult and you can do it in any city. You know, we aren't in the, the, the location of this project is not on the outskirts. It's not it's in the city. It's in the middle of the city, as a matter of fact. 
And so if we can do it on that little tiny piece, once this thing gets up and running and you see the trees and you see the people able to pull from it and eat it and you see them able to take stuff and process and sell it and make money. And you see that, you know, they aren't utilizing gas vehicles. They aren't utilizing um, public transportation as much. Um, you know, people people will begin to understand, you know, this isn't as difficult or as unpleasant um, uh, or as cost or, or as costly as I imagine. Like it's like, yeah, like this this is no problem. We can do this, and that and that's what it's meant to be. Yeah, and that that is amazing. You guys should definitely give yourselves a huge pat on the back because um, I know it's not. I know it's not easy. I'm trying not to get teary eyed because I know you guys are really. Uh, I'm a cancer, but anyway, I I know that I can see that you're very passionate about it, um, and and you're doing it for you know the your community, and that's and that's what it's about. But it but it is hard when it's yeah. Arnisha, my mom is still on the streets, mm. and my brother is still on the streets. Is is on the streets here in Tucson. And it's hard to get those phone calls when someone is saying, hey, your mom is laying in the street in the rain right here. Mm-hmm. You know, and we've tried to bring them and we've tried to pay for them. We tried to do certain things, but sometimes we can't, you know. And mm-hmm. so and he has family members still living in public housing. And we, we would love to be able to teach people success in these skills yeah. to be better. But it's, it's, a, it's a challenge. So we can only help where people are allowing us to help them. You know, each yeah. one reach them, each one teach one, you know, and that that's so important. And that's what we're doing is helping people who will allow us to help them. Right. And it's not easy because when we're so I'm a social learning theorist, when we're socialized by our environments, when we've been in a way for so long, you know, it's hard to think otherwise. Yeah. But we're trying to teach a, a different perspective and people still don't don't respect the fact that I tell them oh, I'm an artist. And that's not an important enough job for people. I tell people I'm scaling away from stuff, but I still, I see you out there selling paintings and stuff. I'm like, well, that's my job, you know? Mm-hmm. And people don't respect the fact that we're planting things. Mm-hmm. It's such a, a, almost like a taboo where, you know, it's seen like you guys shouldn't be doing that. We could just go to the, we can just go to the grocery store. It's just mm-hmm. easier. Put everything in plastic <laughs> bags and take it from the grocery store. We, we don't know where it came from. Right. Yeah. You, you know, living in the city, the closest we ever got to, you know, planting something or agriculture was you know 4-h week or you know whatever that time yeah. was where, you know you part you saw the 4-h club and they talked about it a little bit and then and that was it mm-hmm. you know we didn't have any um we weren't immersed in that you know enough to understand um how how important um and how much it could impact our lives i ain't never heard of 4-h until i came yeah. here look I, <laughs> and, that's, and that's true because when i was in new jersey i i just didn't know it took me coming to rural North Carolina mm-hmm. <laughs> to find out what 4-H was. And even then, well, let me correct myself because one summer I is it, a teenager in the rural well, town it is born. It's nothing to do, really. Um, mm-hmm. And I was in school one day and I saw a flyer that had a black woman on it and it had a and and it had food and agribusiness industry summer program. And you got paid $250 to go. I said, oh, I'm going. I'm getting out of here. I'm going to Greensboro. And that's when, <laughs> and that's when I saw black people in ag that looked like me, professors and USDA, all these positions that I didn't even know existed. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I went and that following that 
following school year, I went back and I was going to join 4-H and, you know, be more um, involved. And in, thank you. Yeah. Sometimes the words don't come out. Um, <laughs> and they and they changed it to robotics. And I was like, really? Oh, man. You know, um, but something in me just said, you know, when you're done here, just go to A&T and, and keep it moving and figure out your place in ag and, and how you're going to help you know, more, get more people like you into ag and see that they can do it, even though it's, it's hard, it's very hard, um, mm -hmm. but you can't stop because it's hard, you know. And we still want to see people. Yeah. So, you know, you see those opportunities, let us know, you know, wherever it is. And maybe we, we need to take a trip, you know, people want us to come and share what we're doing in the desert mm -hmm. and they want to bring us out. We would love to see what other people are doing because we have to share that space. Right. Yeah. And, um, and learn more and how to adapt it. You know, my, my thought is, it's, I don't want to limit myself to just Tucson or Arizona. I want to travel to Fiji. I want to travel to um, the Amazon. I want to understand how other people are doing things as well in order to develop something further here. Absolutely. We got to, you know, for as much as, you know, we're doing, we have a ton more to learn. I mean, there's so much more to learn. And so, you know, we want to get out there with um, with people that are doing different things, with people that are, you know, successful with different areas. Um, yeah, agriculture is one title, but there's so many different fields and so many different things right. you can do underneath of it. Right. Um, and then, you know, we can share something that helps great. We can take something from someone else that helps us. That's great, too. Right. It definitely is. Um, and the fact that you guys want to keep learning is great, too, and being teachable is great qualities to add. Oh, yeah. uh, so I know that Mr. Harris sent me a flyer of a forest event that you food event that you're having coming up on the, uh, on the, on the 18th. 18th. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Are the I'll definitely share it on on our platforms on our Instagram and Facebook. But I want to know is it no problem? It's fine. Um, <laughs> is this something that you do often? Do you have a bunch of different events that you do? on a regular basis or does it depend on the time of the year? So it, that's a yes and no. Um, as far as events, we have a lot of events, um, but for this specific project, this is sort of what you call, we're sort of laying the foundation for the, the growth of where this is gonna begin. So we were, when we were a part of yesterday, uh, was it yesterday, when, uh, when we got the, it was yesterday, when we uh, got the certificate for the green leaders, um, at the very end, they played a video for a ceremonial tree planting um, project. And that typically, you plant the first tree and then you go from there. So the event on the 18th is pretty much gonna be that, but we're gonna be planting a bunch of trees. We're gonna be laying out irrigation. We're gonna be uh, setting up a hand washing station. The children are gonna be teaching um, about um, worm, compost. worm composting. Um, so there's gonna be a lot of things. Yeah, a lot of things going on on this one day, but it's sort of, if you had to give it a title, this would be the, uh, the grand opening of the Urban Forest Project. Yeah. Okay. Um, but as far as all the other events, um, like my wife was saying, um, she does events all the time where um, you, she has a booth. Um, she sells artwork. Our children sell jewelry, um, necklaces and bracelets and things like that. And they make. Um, yeah, they hand make them. Um, so we're always doing events such as that. Um, and the reason why I bring those up is because, as uh, Randicia mentioned, 
all the proceeds go to the urban forest project. So they're, you know, they are, they are um, connected. And we're just making sure we teach the kids uh, a different way of living too. So um, my son keep, he's asked me a couple of times and I had to really set him straight this time. Like, mommy, can I just go get a part-time job? I said, brother, you better go and make a necklace. Make a necklace. He, he, he makes some nice stuff too, you know, yeah. and, um, but teaching them to work for themselves. And that's um, the part of entrepreneurship that we lack within our community sometimes that we're not, we're teaching our kids to go work for someone else instead of working mm -hmm. for themselves. There's no legacy in that. Mm -hmm. uh, or the legacy we don't want to leave for our children is mm -hmm. uh, necessarily working so much for someone else. Um, we want to teach them that they can do things on their own as well. And so um, they've been selling. And one of the things we're doing is I stopped buying their stuff. You know, you need stocks. You better go, better go make you some money. And so all the booths that I have, yeah. they lay out their stuff too. They make stuff on site. They go make some earrings, go make some necklaces, go do a bracelet. Yeah. They get their imports from West Africa and Nepal and to get their jewelry that they, their beads and stuff like that. They've done some bead making classes with some jewelry designers, but teaching them how to work. And the oldest one, he's going to be um, going into veterinarian sciences or zoology. Yes. So he's been um, volunteering. He's volunteered at a, um, a bird farm that's over here. He's volunteered at the cat shelter. Yeah. He's um, current volunteer at the Tucson Zoo. Um, yeah. So just working towards and pushing them into the fields, not allowing them to go work at Burger King. If you're going to be working in egg, you need yeah. to be working in egg. Or, and you need to be selling your little necklaces to support yourself too. You know, you you need whatever. Yeah. Get your hustle on. Yeah. And then, you know, another another great benefit of this particular project, because we are a for-profit business, you know, we can teach them about um, the business side of it. We can teach them about credit. We can teach them about um, pulling equity, equity out of property. We can teach them about how the books work. We can teach them about all these different things um, that I would assume none of us were taught, you know, at a young age about what was important to sustain ourselves. You know, I just switched careers two years ago um, and I'm in my mid forties, right? I'm 44. I'm not going to work another 20 years to retire from someplace. So what, what am I going to do? You know? And so those are the points of views where we're saying, okay, if, if this is where you are, um, you know, if, if this is what you want to do, this is what it's going to take. And do you really want to do that? Or do you want to go this route and call your own shots and make your own decisions? You're going to work just as hard, if not harder. Um, so, so you might as well determine, um, what your price is, what your worth is, you know, and then create that you can create whatever you like. Um, and then, you know, put it out there for the world to see. And so the urban forest project and Harris Fletcher enterprises is serving a multitude of, of, of different facets for our family um, and for our community. But, but it's, like I said, it's, it's all, it's all connected together. Yeah. So whatever we teaching the ones here, the, the, and we, we keep a lot of visitors in our home. We're teaching our, our whole, we have a teaching model. They, we all gotta stand up and know that you, you don't have to receive food stamps for, forever. And, and, and no, you don't have to be on um, government assistance forever. And yes, you can buy a house. And yes, it's a little scary, but hey, we, we can do this. Mm -hmm. We can do this. And it's cheaper to, to um, 
than mortgage, cheaper than rent sometimes. And so just <laughs> teaching people how to how to fix your your um, electricity, turn the switch off outside. Yeah. I've been teaching the little one. She know how to lay the towel in the shower right now. The um the boys know how to put the floor on. She know how to use a drill. She could take doors off. She's eleven. She could take the doors off. But teaching them trade functional things to take care of themselves to make their own money so if someone says hey i'm looking for someone to help me out real fast you can make two hundred dollars these are the kings and the queens that make fifty dollars in ten minutes i tell you them kids could (laughs) hustle with fifty dollars at you yeah you know and not from me (laughs) (laughs) so i i want to i know how to find you now but for those who will be listening to this episode, how can, how, where can they find you on social media and how can they support you? Even if they're not in Arizona, how, how can we support you? Okay. Well, you can support us by sending us some money. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to be uh, cut it straight. No chasing on that. You know, money, capital is important, you know? So as we, we work, we don't want Herman to go to work to send more than half the money to the, to the business. We need capital campaigns. We still need to um, build two more um, tiny houses over there for people to get off of the streets. We need supporters for that. We need funding for that. So if people can pledge money to say, hey, I want this to go towards the new house um, that you're, you're establishing over there at the Urban Forest Project, yeah, most definitely. Um, you can reach us at um, www.harrisfletcher.com. All of our information is there. There's a contact sheet. And also you can find us on Instagram at Urban Forest by HF. So Instagram, email us at Oh yeah, oh yeah, and then live at Living Two Portraits as well, and that's where the artwork is. Whenever you purchase some art, you know that that's that's helping support people on the other side as well, and that's at Living Two Portraits on Instagram or on Facebook at Living Two Portraits. And they can they can also purchase the um, artwork uh, from our website as well, theharrisfletcher.com. They can go there and purchase. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. And I'll make sure that all of this information is in the show notes. I always put all the contact contact information um, down below. Um, So I just wanted to know, is there anything else you would like to add before we we end today? Um, I just think in in closing, um, we just like to thank you personally um, for having us on. we, we love, we love, love, love um, to see black people doing their thing. Um, that's one of the huge, um, uh, that's one of the biggest uh, reasons why we do what we do uh, is helping black indigenous people of color. Um, and so we understand how important it is. Um, and so we just, we just wanna thank you for taking the time from what you've created to highlight something that we've created. It truly means, it truly means a lot to us. Mm-hmm. That's passionate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sharing it. Yeah. But we thank you for taking time out of your day. Thank <laughs> you. I always say it's not about me. It's the it's about the people I highlight. It's not about me. You know, I'm just the person that's doing the little interviews and hey, you know, shining God, a little light that I do have. <laughs> God put you in a place to be able to highlight us. And so, you know, right. we 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 thank God for, for putting you in place. Yes. Mm-hmm. Aww, yes. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm.
folks that concludes another episode of the agriculture is life podcast i really really hope that you enjoyed today's episode and learned something along the way please make sure to follow miss randicia and mr herman harris on social media check out their website and just shoot them a message um, if you're interested in any of the work that they are doing or if you are in the tucson arizona area once again i just want to thank them so much for taking time out of their schedules to speak with me the work that they are doing is groundbreaking and extremely important so make sure that you all support them Uh, and until next time guys bye